Will Dwayne Wade help the Cavaliers enough? Can Chris Paul and James Harden play together well enough to beat the Warriors? Can OKC possibly make it work with their big three? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today I am pleased to bring on the show friend of the breakdown, Noah Kozlov who uh, is a serious XM NBA radio host and host of the Pace and Space podcast, and it's, uh, which is a national NBA podcast, and a new one he just launched called The Follow-Up, uh, which isn't sports-specific. I'm kind of curious, Noah. Thanks for coming on the show, and, and just let's jump into it. Just briefly describe to us what The Follow-Up is. And Nick, it's great talking to you. I've been a fan, as you know, of, of your stuff for a long time, going back a few oh. years now. The <laughs> Follow-Up is... So oftentimes when... I listen to interviews. I'm always, I find myself wanting more out of the subject, out of the guest. And I find like the interviewer just has a preset list of questions and they're just going on that, not even listening to the answers. And I shouldn't be as a, someone who's listening to a interview saying, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, what did, what did they say? Go, let's uh, follow up on that. And it rarely ever happens. So what I've done is I'm doing these things in short form, 10 minutes max, trying to entertain and inform in that period of time. So I'll ask one question that I'll, that I'll send the guests beforehand, about a day before, something to elicit an engaging response, and then ask a follow-up or two based on that, and then just leave the listener at the end of it saying, oh, that was interesting, thanks. And it's from politics to social causes to sports also. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. What you, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> fascinating. It's fantastic. I, I and I really love that you're, the point you make, which is like you know, listening is really an important thing, and you really get great stuff when you actually you know communicate. Which kind of uh, across the board is a, a key you know thing on, on the basketball court. Listening or, or looking and watching and Agreed. seeing it the, the floor is is sort of the similar thing. Agreed. And. and- being understanding and knowing your own role and knowing what you're good at and being able to feed off what others are really good at and allowing yourself not to be the star of things that it's that it's the guest or it's mm-hmm. their story and and it's your job to bring the best out of them it's almost like being a coach or one of the veterans on the team absolutely well uh, I as you I want you to be the star so let's talk about uh you know, some of the NBA stuff. <laughs> I'm today. not so comfortable with that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm not here to hear myself to speak. I want to hear what your thoughts are. So I think we should jump right into some of the different um, incredible changes we've had over the offseason. Probably unprecedented as far as the amount of moves and star power. Uh, I mean, we, we have to start with the, the probably the biggest star of them all moving would be, uh, I don't know, Jeff Withy going to the Mavericks. <laughs> I honestly didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know, it's what you get when you start, you know, I actually prepared. I was. I looked at the entire, you know, NBA roster moves and that one jumped out at me. But I don't know. I, let's just jump in here with um, with one that might be, I guess, the most interesting and the most recent, which would be Dwayne Wade signing with the <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers. We have a bit of a reunion um, with LeBron and Dwayne Wade. Uh, initial thoughts and then secondary thoughts. So my first thoughts were... How does he fit in? And also on this Cavaliers team, they have just so many guys. And maybe maybe I just say guys because they just have so many names that we know. And maybe that's just because they've been to the finals for so long. But I don't know where he fits in realistically when and if Isaiah Thomas is healthy. 
how much can he be on the floor with LeBron? He's not playing any defense. If this takes minutes away from Jay Crowder, I think it's a mistake. If it takes shots away from J.R. Smith, I think it's a mistake. And all I'm seeing is, and, and I know you're working on the video, all I'm seeing is all these driving cuts from LeBron and Wade when they're in Miami together. Dwayne, mm-hmm. Wade's 30, Dwayne Wade's 36 years old. And I don't feel the need to, even though on the radio yesterday I got blasted for it because callers were calling in saying, you hate Wade, it's so disrespectful. And, and, I, and I said to them, why do you think I need to say, no disrespect to Dwayne Wade, I think he's one of the greatest of all time. I mean, if you think I have any half intelligence, then you would understand that, yes, Dwayne Wade is one of the greatest shooting guards of all time. Why do I need to couch my comments with that? I just don't know where he fits in unless he's standing in the corner shooting threes. Oh, I agree. And, I, think, I, and, and is he going to be happy doing that? Right. And I think that people are – here's what the, the Agita is about, I think, attacking you, is that, yeah, we all know that he's a top shooting guard, one of the top shooting guards we've seen. But everyone is now realizing that he isn't that anymore, and it gets them crazy. It's hard to accept that, you know, and they don't want to accept that. And that's that's the that's the reality. It's it, it is. He I just watched a bunch of pick and rolls of him uh, in Chicago last year, and he does not elevate. He really can't get off the floor uh, very much at all. And that's you know, and that, I, I doubt it's going to get better this year. And so now, if there's not a lot of spacing going on, he's not going to get a lot of easy shots out of pick and rolls at the very least. And I suspect the drives are going to be the same way. Right. And then staying with the pick and roll, who is he defending in a pick and roll? He's yeah. not guarding anybody. He's not, he's not fighting through anything. And if you're going to have Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose out there on the floor together, I think it's going to be fascinating trying to figure out and, and watching Ty Lue try to figure out what works best for this team in the, in the short term and then also long term if Isaiah Thomas ends up healthy. I mean, it's one thing to make sure that LeBron is happy and having Wade there, and a lot of people get a kick out of saying, well, you, you'd rather have J.R. Smith out there on the floor than Dwayne Wade? Yeah, yeah, I, I would. I would. I mean, J.R. Smith has done it with this team. Dwayne Wade has not proven that he can do it consistently with this team night in and night out, because I don't know about the physical condition that he's in. Right. Well, you know, he's played, if you look at the amount of games played in the last several years, you're talking 69, 54, 62, 74, and then 60. So there's a, clearly a, 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 you know, a connection there to like, what he, he, will he even get to 60 this year? Um, there's less back-to-backs, right? There's less three, night, three games and four nights. Mm-hmm. So in theory, they're not going to mandatorily arrest him off of, on those. So, you know, do you think he gets more than 60? He might get more than 60, but I think maybe 25 minutes a night is the sweet spot for him. Mm-hmm. Because the regular season's not going to mean a whole lot, but also you still have to keep that locker room together. Like If, he, if he's pissing off J.R. Smith and things start to get out of hand in that locker room or doing the same for Kevin Love, I mean, I'd much rather have the ball in Kevin Love's hands than Dwayne Wayne's hands, hands right? We, we, I, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, certainly, um, you know, Kevin Love has not had that role <laughs> for years now in a way that I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds good. Um, and, and you're right. If you if you look at the starting five, you know, you're talking about it's going to have to be Derrick Rose because Isaiah Thomas will not be back for a while. So you're talking about Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, uh, LeBron, Love, and Tristan Thompson. And I just kind of like, I'm not even like sort of, shuddering or thinking eek but i just sort of go huh right yeah i mean who's i mean that's that's good for a video game but no no one's no one's guarding anybody but i'm less 
so so the optics of a starting lineup, as you know, Nick, it, that's that's what it is. It's just it's optics. Mm-hmm. But also you've got to take into consideration guys' feelings, guys' egos, and how that all plays together. And I mean, if that's taking valuable minutes away from Jay Crowder or you know just the or J.R. Smith, the D and and then also being able to defend. I mean, if you're throwing out there. Derek Rose and Dwayne Wade, who's defending on the perimeter? Right. Uh, no, nobody. 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 You're going you're gonna to find yourself in crazy holes to start games. Right. And by the way, that's why it's not necessarily optics with starting five. It is the, the fact that you're down 12 in the first quarter. <laughs> right. And right. And, right. And then, ho- and then hopefully the, the scoreboard optics present some sort of reality check for the team. But again, all that matters is the finals anyway, or, or, the, what, or the Eastern Conference finals at this point. Well, all that really matters is what you're wearing under your pants or your shorts. And it should be a pair of me undies. Without a doubt, the team with the most players in me undies will win the Eastern Conference, since it's so easy to move around in them, especially when your family jewels are being cradled in their diamond shaped pouch. And the fabric is so soft, it'll keep you cool and calm under pressure. Me undies is so convinced you'll love them, they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like them, return them for a full refund. If you go to MeUndies.com slash CoachNick right now, you'll get 20% off your first pair with free shipping. I got myself a pink pair, and I'm considering wearing them on the outside of my pants just to let people know. So, bounce your balls right over to MeUndies.com slash CoachNick, get 20% off, and start moving in style and comfort. So, okay, so the question now is, and we had these issues in the first year of the Heat, uh, uh, what do they call them? The Heatles? The Heatles, um, yeah, the 9-8 and eight start. Yeah, and, we, and, and there was no question that Dwayne Wade and, um, and LeBron James were ferociously battling, whether or not it wasn't like in their face screaming, yelling, there was a real battle for like who was going to control. I, it doesn't feel like that is going to be an issue at all in this stage of their careers, right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine so, especially because... They've won championships together, and they've won championships separately. I can't imagine that being an issue. Right. Yeah, it's funny. It's it, it's weird. And uh, again, you know, when you said Ty, is Ty Lue going to figure it out? And I think we get to find out. If, I don't even know if Ty Lue has as much influence as most other coaches do over their teams. And so that's another you know, interesting dynamic. Um, and another reason why maybe we can talk about the next move, which would be Kyrie in, in, the, in Boston because of maybe that. Um, so, all right, either way, uh, I guess we, it's, it's unknown what's going to happen with the Cavs. Uh, are they any better than they were last year? So I think that remains to be seen. I, I, think, they have, I think they have more depth, mm-hmm. and I, but I also think that that's because of J.R. Crowder. Or not J.R. <laughs> J.R. Smith. Jay Crowder more way, so than, you can mix more those so than two. anything else. <laughs> Create yeah, a new player. True, right? There you go. Yeah, glad, gladly. Um, <laughs> I th- and I think it's more because of Jay Crowder on the defensive versatility side, and, and they have more ways to try to control the game against Boston, can try to control the game against any number of the, the Western Conference powers if they just want to seed certain things defensively and then try to push, try to push it offensively and, and try to go it also at different, at different paces offensively with the guys that they have. So I... I I don't know how we're going to decide whether they're better or not because the regular season doesn't mean anything to them. I mean, 51 wins last year, 
Are they going to win? 50? Yeah, they could win 51 games again. Mm-hmm. They might they might win more than 51 games, but they might win less than 51 games. And it's to me, that's not going to determine whether they are better or not. Are they in any better position to beat the Golden State Warriors today? No, because they don't have they don't have Kyrie Irving and they don't have a guy on that team right now, aside from LeBron, that you'd feel comfortable with saying, go get me a bucket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then they have no one to really defend Kevin Durant. Which I think would be an interesting segue, a pivot, if you will, to I want to talk about what the Rockets did because they brought in uh, Chris Paul. And I felt like that was the first step toward actually making a real run at the Warriors because even though Chris Paul is getting a little bit older, he still has a defensive acumen that could, could what you would need, right? Even though I guess you, you can argue Patrick Beverly was already that guy, but they have him. And I think the mistake was, or not a mistake, but they, they, I think that the only solution that the Rockets could have done to really compete with the Warriors, they needed to have signed Paul George. And that would have been the only way that works. And, and they couldn't make that happen. So I guess, you know, talking about the Rockets, what are your thoughts on how CP3 is going to work and what they're going to do? I was trying to look at it more from the, I mean, you, you'd be the expert on the, how it would work out on the floor basketball-wise. I, I don't see how this works out personality-wise. I mean, there's still, I think, so much pressure on James Harden to, one, either address or make up for Game 6 of last year against the Spurs. That is a, and I don't want to live in the past here, Nick, but that is an all-time no-show. Mm-hmm. An all-time. One of the more unexplainable things in NBA history. The guy didn't take a shot until they were down 20, 18 minutes into the game. James Harden. The guy who thought he, you know, could have been MVP. It's yep. an all, it's an, it's an all-time no-show. So, and, and Chris Paul, who demands so much from everybody, but Chris Paul hasn't been to the promised land either. So, I mean, you could get to a point this year where James Harden looks at Chris Paul and says, "Yo, man, shut up! You haven't been there either. <laughs> what do yep. you know?" So I don't, I don't know how these personal, I don't know how these personalities are going to work out. But it, it just adds to one of the endless number of fascinating storylines in the league but does does chris paul help out i mean the fact that they can stagger got they can stagger the two of them great does chris paul help out having chris paul help out clint capella you would think so but for that rocket team are you going to get a, a another year out of eric gordon where he's completely healthy trevor ariza i mean you're, you're banking on a lot of things that worked last year that weren't were not the norm for previous seasons. Fair enough. Although they did also bolster that that roster a little bit more with some good defensive players, so that was good. Uh, but I still feel like you know they, they, you need the guy to guard Kevin Durant. You need like and the, and the only guy in the league that really I feel had the tools to do it. Uh, not even sure he can, but is Paul George. But Paul George hasn't been that defender that he used to be. Right, uh, you know that he was before his, you know, well, in the last couple of years. Uh, so that's that's what I'm really wondering about. Did you see the the Drew League footage of uh, Chris Paul and uh, yeah. James Harden getting on each other a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I mean, that's fun to watch, but I don't put anything into that. Just like I don't put anything into those Chris Bickley videos, Chris Bickley inter- uh, videos either on Instagram when nobody misses. Oh, it's right, fun. Exactly. They're, fun. they're fun to watch, though. They're fun. Yeah, to isn't watch. that amazing? When yeah, like hey, they they never miss a shot when they're working out. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And also the, oh, Hoodie, Mellow. Yeah. I know we'll talk about Carmelo too, but Hoodie, Mellow, and Olympic, Mellow. Why can't he be that in Oklahoma City? It's, it's, I think it's such a silly conversation. It's fun, but it's a silly conversation. 
Uh, yes. So, and, but I, I don't know if I want to completely ignore what I was seeing. I know people, there was some context missing there, but uh, at the very least, I would not be surprised to see that kind of scene play out again where Chris Paul is unhappy with the shot selection or something that's going on. And, you know, we know that that's what his mode is. He gets on guys. He yells at them. He's, you know, he probably wears on people a little bit. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I've held him up as the gold standard for point guard play for his entire career. And um, I don't know. I've slowly over the years have been kind of like, you know, you know, and by the way, it's hard to, you know, blame one player for a whole team's playoff lack of success or whatever. But I don't know. There are some cracks in that in that wall. And I'm starting to sort of wonder, you know, just how deep they run. Yeah, because some of those I mean, those weren't those are epic collapses. Yeah. And epic and epic failures. They weren't just, uh, uh, you know, what if that happened? What if that happened? I mean, going into the playoffs last year. I picked Utah to beat the Clippers in the first round I, I, and in seven, winning on the Clippers' home floor because I thought, well, you get to a game seven and the Clippers have all the pressure on them and they will not be able to handle it. Plus, you know some injury is going to happen and an injury did happen. Yeah. So Chris Paul has so, has so much to prove. And also, even though James Harden Nick played a certain way in Oklahoma City, played a certain way in Houston, then played a different way when Mike D'Antoni was there last year, and now he's going to have to change. Even though he's played different ways, doesn't mean that he can just flip off what he did last year, flip that switch off what he did last year. I mean, James Harden had the ball in his hands an exorbitant amount of time last year. Mm-hmm. And, just be, and, and just because now Chris Paul is there, he's just going to say, yeah, I got it. I mean, it's not like, it's not like LeBron's on the team. Chris Chris Paul Chris Paul hasn't been as far as James Harden has, right? I don't I don't see James Harden just bowing down to Chris Paul. It's a that's a, it's a long season. It's a long grind. Yeah, and they're gonna uh, face they're gonna face a lot of questions. One question you might be asking yourself is, why haven't you ordered Blue Apron yet? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. What I like best about Blue Apron is the variety. So whether you're a Chris Paul fan or a James Harden lover. Their flexible menus can be customized to your individual taste. You won't believe how easy it is to cook things like basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella. While it might sound complicated, the easy-to-follow recipe and exactly measured quantities of food make for an easy experience, one that your whole family can bond over and it takes less than 40 minutes to prepare. For less than 10 bucks per person per meal, you can have Blue Apron delivered to your door. And if you visit Blue Apron... And if you visit blueapron.com slash coachnick, you'll get your first three meals free with free shipping. That's like a James Harden handoff to Chris Paul into a pick and roll. A guaranteed great shot. So visit blueapron.com slash coachnick, get your first three meals free, and get that same home cooking you get from the referees when your team plays in their own arena. Well, to Harden's credit, and maybe even to speak to that Game 6 collapse of his, uh, I think he just ran out of gas, and I feel like he probably went to management and said, listen, I don't want it. He had one of the greatest seasons of all time last year, and I probably said to them, I, it's too hard. I, can't, I won't have anything left if you ask me to do that again. So bring somebody else in that could do a little bit mm-hmm. what I'm doing. So I, I like that. I mean, I think that, that that might be another step towards them making it work, uh, you know, and certainly uh, Harden is not a confrontational guy, so that won't escalate in theory if CP3 wants to try. Right, but you, but you know ego, when egos are involved, things happen. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, you know, and speaking of that, you know, we could trace this back to sort of a – there seems to be a little bit of a ground zero if we want to head over to OKC for a minute because mm-hmm. – 
you know, th- there are some players that, that would have really made a, a fantastic OKC team that probably would have won a title had they all stayed together. And uh, a number of them have left in sort of a huff. And, uh, I, you know, you start to wonder if what, what is the ground zero of the ego issue there or what's causing all the strife and issues, um, which could be another podcast, by the way. But um, <laughs> With a psychiatrist. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's going to be a, there has to be a tell-all book. I, someone's going to have to write it, I would think. Uh, uh, it may be someone who's retiring who doesn't have to worry about getting access anymore to the NBA. But um, we have a couple guys now in OKC, in Paul George and, and then re- more recently Carmelo. Um, well, you know, Nick, Coll- Nick Collison could be the one to write that book. He'd be the only guy to be able to write that book. Ooh, yes. I, you know what? And I might even, you know, all right, well, I'm going to work on that. I'm, I know someone that knows someone that might even, you know, know him well. So I'm going to, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to get him to do that. Cause you're right. Once he's, yeah, who knows? Anyway, uh, there's no question. There's a lot of drama that's gone on in that locker room for a lot of years. Uh, it's now, you know, put up or shut up time the last year of these, some of these contracts, Paul George, Carmelo, Russ. Uh, you pair them with Robertson and Adams in a starting five. Uh, what is, what, what's that going to look like? I like it a lot, but I oh. also think a, a lot has to do with Patrick Patterson and, and his knee also, um, as a guy who can stretch the floor. So I thought that as soon as they got Paul George, I thought that was a, that was the team that would be against their face, the Warriors in the Western conference finals, not necessarily the number two seed in the Western conference. But I thought that team would get to the Western Conference Finals and face the Warriors. With Carmelo, the, that whole hoodie Melo versus Olympic Melo versus NBA Melo, how different that is. And now I've been hearing a lot of from everybody. Well, why can't he just be Olympic Melo here? Well, in the Olympics, there's no pressure. Here there's, here there's actual pressure. So we will find out early on if Carmelo is bullying. And it's going to be a feeling out process of what role these guys are all going to accept. And Russell Westbrook hasn't, the, the big question is, what's he doing with that extension? If he hasn't signed it by now, I, I just don't think he's going to sign it. Mm-hmm. And the money to him just, I mean, even though it's $207 million and it's so much more than he can get elsewhere, he's got, he's, he's got a lot of money. And that's one of those unintended consequences from, from the league with that Supermax contract. These guys already have a lot of money, and they're actually valuing where they're playing where they're living, who they're playing with. Um, I think this works out because of what the Thunder have gone through and what Westbrook has gone through also. So Westbrook averaged a triple-double last year, and no matter what you think of the box score stats and analyticals and analytic stats, he, he averaged a triple-double, and him by himself took that team to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that, and then they ended up losing early. So he knows that, he can't do that again and have any sort of success. So I would expect Russ to not necessarily defer, but alter his game with Paul George and with Carmelo Anthony, as they all know what actually matters in the league and what they, these are intelligent guys, those three guys, what they can achieve together. Okay. Interesting. I I do feel like Paul George will end up being the Chris Bosh of this big three. Um, and who have to supplement his game the most um, and, and just sort of like, you know, get the shots he can find and whatever they'll figure it out while Russ and Melo kind of battle out to figure out how they're going to work together. I think that's the Dwayne Wade, uh, LeBron dynamic. And then, you know, perhaps uh, because of that, Paul George doesn't get a lot of the actions that make him so good offensively. But he just he seems to be the kind of guy that would be like, you know what, I just want to make this work. I'll do whatever I have to do. 
Um, you know, the reason why we don't have Olympic Melo in the NBA, I think, is because on the other side of the floor, guarding him, he doesn't. He, Kevin Durant and LeBron James are on his team in the Olympics, and instead they're going to be on the other side guarding him. That, I think, is probably the biggest difference to why Melo won't be Olympic Melo. Yeah, but I also think that Carmelo, his defense isn't, he's not an all-defensive guy, mm-hmm. but his defense, isn't, his defense isn't awful. So, and now that, now that he's not going to have to guard or be responsible for other teams' best players or do everything offensively, you might see a little bit of a resurgence in Carmelo on both ends. But I, I, think, I think Paul George, I don't think Paul George wants to stand at the three-point line and just try to knock down threes like Chris Bosh. Uh, I, I think that, I think that Billy Donovan will understand how to get these guys involved, um, not necessarily with all of them on the floor at the same time. Well, I get my hidden Twitter account is going to come out at you and start yelling at you that um, the Donovan. I know you hate Billy Donovan. I know you do. I don't. Oh, whoa, hey. I don't hate Billy Donovan. I have no hate, hate in my heart Donovan. for anybody. But I think what if you were to put together all the quotes that Durant has said throughout, you know, in his Simmons podcast and whatnot. Um, yeah, sure. And then, and also, you know, with his fake Twitter account or whatever that, or his real Twitter account that he didn't mean to post. I think that there is a picture being painted, right? That maybe Donovan doesn't like, kind of like a Tyron Lue. He doesn't necessarily have the control to do what he wants to do. Uh, which is interesting because the argument was probably in the last year of KD and Russ together, like there was a, clearly a struggle. A lot of the offense they ran was not couldn't have been designed by a coach the way it was run. It's just like this doesn't make sense. So either KD was torpedoing it or doing whatever he wanted, or Russ was doing it, and now we have KD complaining that they wasn't there. So now you wonder, well, maybe it was just Russ kind of like doing Russ stuff and not following the offense, and then that kind of made it all devolve. So then the question is, is well, can Donovan assert that control now? So here's what I think. So to win the PR battle, so Russell Westbrook, if he's not going to sign that extension, that's that becomes the big question. And so if you're the Thunder, you've got to do what you think is going to keep Russ there. And if Russ is going to leave, then how are you going to keep – Paul George there, or or even, you know, worst case scenario, you're just you're just stuck with uh, Carmelo for another year, uh, which would be so ironic if Carmelo is stuck in Oklahoma City by himself. Um, but what <laughs> right. to win the PR battle? If Russ is going to say I'm leaving because X place, because it seems like the only acceptable reason to go somewhere else is because X place gives me a better chance to win. So it's now up to Billy Donovan to do whatever he can to give this team the best chance to win. So I think that the growth of a head coach, and no matter what you think of Billy Donovan as a head coach, I think the growth of a head coach will allow Billy Donovan to put the players in situations where this team now has the best chance to win, that there's that Russell Westbrook can't win a PR battle with the city of Oklahoma City saying X place gives me a better chance to win than with this group. And if and if that and if that ends up being the case, then Billy Donovan's out as a head coach. Right, right. By the way, if it goes south, it can't, it's not going to go south. They're not going to like start the season, you know, uh, five and fifteen. I don't. Right, that's not going to happen. But no, no. But but if it did, <laughs> then look out uh, as well for him. Well, if, but, if they're if they, well if they're out of it by the uh, by the All Star break, I mean, this is such a crazy if because I can't imagine it happening. Then. Then you try to then you put Westbrook on the training block or Paul George on the training on the training block. Right, 
Oh, and they would do that in a second, without, and as sure. they should. You know, and, and then that would kind of be interesting. But the only problem they have there is that like a guy like Paul George, they know is going to sign with the Lakers. And so no one's going to really want to trade for him. It's certainly not give up that much. Um, and so, you know, which again, it's just, it's, this is whole so fraught with so many storylines. It's, it's fascinating how this is all going to no, work. It's, it, yeah, it's awesome. Um, well, okay. And here's the reason why OKC might not be as good as people think or the record might not be as good is because there's a team in Denver – that I think everyone is is so slept on. They're, they're like, this is like, uh, oh gosh, I was going to say Paul Bunyan. But what's the guy who sleeps all the time for 100 years? Rip Van Winkle. Rip Van Winkle. That's what we're talking about with Denver. I think that they have an opportunity here to really just shake up the entire Western Conference. All because of Paul Millsap or more so because of the growth of another year of Jokic and Jamal Murray? Yes, um so who's so here's a question i asked a a few nuggets folks last year who's their best five well it yeah it's definitely not going to be um moutier he i think i think that that experiment is over murray should get that spot i hope um so you're talking about murray you're talking about harris you're talking about Millsap, Jokic, and um what am i thinking of um oh god who's the guy that's still there um Chandler, no, not Chandler. Um, you know, I mean, Wilson, Wilson, Wilson Chandler's Chandler, there. Yeah. Malik. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm thinking. Yeah, so, I don't know. Right, and the, and then and then you have then you have Fareed yelling already that he's a starter. That's too bad because he's not. <laughs> but right, it wouldn't. Isn't Fareed the quintessential off the bench, high energy, get your eight nine rebounds and, and eight points and whatever. See, that's the thing. You'd think that, but he but he claims that you know all their slow starts last year is when he wasn't starting. And that he's the guy who yeah, all right. And you, so and, you, and, you, and you can make that case. Oh, and by the way, I, I, I you know, well, you know what? I just, I just froze out Will Barton, which is another interesting issue. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, Will Barton, and and I like I like Malik Beasley a little bit too. Yeah, and you know, they, Mike Malone's a good coach, and um, I, I don't know. There's something there. I think that he could. He, I mean, all I can tell you is that they should be very tough to beat every night. And I think so too. But when it comes down, when it comes time for the playoffs, these guys just haven't experienced that. And I mean, oh, Mills, yeah. Millsap, Millsap has, but you need, you, you got to get, you got to get into the playoffs and experience that before you can expect too much. Okay. It, it'll be a night. It'll be a nice story, and I'd root to to watch the Nuggets play as long as possible. But there's a difference once you get into the playoffs. That first experience of playing in the playoffs and how different it is when you're when you're a young team. That's that's why I think that, you know, you have there's there's a lot of nice there's a lot of nice stories, but a lot of these guys haven't experienced the playoffs. Okay, fair I mean, enough. Just like just just like just like Minnesota. Minnesota can be a really nice story, but just because Jimmy Butler has experienced the playoffs and hasn't fared so well in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, doesn't mean that the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to win a first round playoff series. That is true. However. It doesn't necessarily go against what I said as far as the regular season mucking up the Western Conference, which they could do. Mm-hmm. And then, sure. you know, crash and burn, we'll see. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just very intrigued by them. And again, and Beasley I like as well. Who do they have? Uh, Tyler Lydon is who they drafted. I feel like there was somebody else, but I guess not. Uh, by the way, do you know what college Wilson Chandler went to? DePaul. We are DePaul. I had no, I don't know. I grew up down the street. I had no idea that that's where he is. And that Paul Millsap is going to make $31.2 million. God bless America. Good for him. Right? Good for him. Wow. Is Wilson Chandler the last DePaul guy to make the league? 
Wow, that's a great question. I mean, I ran into David Booth, uh, you know, at summer league all the time, and I always remember, you know, we we connect on that. But uh, I, gosh, maybe. Um, I what a disaster that is! Chicago, Chicago, one of the one of the great hoop cities, and DePaul is been in the dregs of college basketball. For oh, such I, a long time. I, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's cool. B-Ball Reference will get you over there. And yes, he's the last, uh, he is the last DePaul player. Uh, and that, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, then, he's no, he's no Terry Cummings and Mark Aguirre. I'll tell you that. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's also, um, yeah, he's no Dave Corzine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, that's my era. So at any rate, um, yeah, it's a real shame what's going on. Although, uh, you know, Ray Meyer was this, you know, uh, this, a huge force. And then, but Joey, his, his son, you know, did some nice things. Rod Strickland, uh, and that Dallas Comedies team was really good. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a shame that that didn't, you know, cause it was a great little arena and everyone would pack it. And it would be really, it was, you know, those are the fun days. You know, they should do a 30 for 30 in DePaul basketball. I mean, you could, well, for the past ten years, you could do it in thirty seconds. But I guess, uh, right. yeah, I guess if you go back, yeah, you could get I mean, you, know, you could get an hour. You could get an hour out of it. But I think, but look, on this team with Farid and his issues, there there are clear issues with Kenneth Farid here. Yeah, that's got to be that's got to get taken care of immediately because that could that could derail that locker room. Uh, yeah, and I don't think they would have any. They would they would trade him in a second if it became. Oh sure, yeah, sure. That, Just a matter. Of, yeah. Yeah. What are you, you going to get for him? Right. And, and by the way, they they don't need too much. They could, you know what I mean. They could just find another high energy guy who's, who was going to want to come off the bench, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you can find those guys. I would hope. Um. So well, you know, let's choose one last thing as we wrap up this to uh, to, to focus on real quick. I guess is is Butler to the Wolves or Hayward and Kyrie to the Celtics more interesting to you? Hmm. I mean, I think they're both pretty intriguing. We could hit on we could hit on both quickly. How about that? Okay, hit it. Boston to me, I find extremely intriguing, and I think I guess that's the buzzword of the entire offseason is intriguing. Um, but they lost so, right. But they lost so much of the the identity, losing Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and they did not address the rebounding issues mm-hmm. that they had that they had last year. Just putting a lot of faith in Brad Stevens to figure this out um and then also i mean i think gordon hayward is an overlooked good defender and now you could also you're gonna though you're gonna be asking a lot more from jalen brown and god forbid that marcus smart gets into foul trouble then then i think there's gonna be issues defensively out on the perimeter and how much you're gonna be able to get out of even though jason tatum is a is a mature looking player how much can you expect from a from a 19 year old kid in his rookie year so but for the Celtics, anything less than losing to LeBron is a is a failed season. So, okay. any anything less. Yeah. Um. But but I also but I also think this team has a very good shot of beating the Cavaliers. If those two teams played today, as currently constituted, I think I think Boston would would beat the Cavaliers in the East. Wow. Well, I now have a quote to use for uh, the tweet when we uh, tweet this thing out. Uh, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But I, I agree. I mean, they have they have that star power in theory that they've been looking for to some degree, uh, to a big degree. And so that's that will help them. And I think you're right. They're top loaded a little bit in that starting five. Again, four of the five are new starters. So that's another big issue. But if anybody could do it, I think Brad Stevens can. Um what about right? Butler? It's like it's like looking. Oh. At, hold on, real quick though. It's like looking at Pop and, and what he does with the Spurs and how much Pop takes from Brad Stevens. All these coaches look look at Brad Stevens and and take a lot from him and and 
Brad does such a good job of looking at other coaches and taking things as well, that you, you look at that Spurs roster and you think, well, yeah, you know, Pop, Pop will figure it out. Pop will figure it out. Why, why can't we say, I mean, we can hesitant to say because Brad Stevens hasn't won anything, but if you hold Brad Stevens in such high regard, why can't Brad Stevens get the most out of some of these other guys? So I don't, so I think some of the other names that average basketball fans don't know, they're going to learn this year from from this Celtics team. Like, ah, this guy's really good in eight-minute spurts. This guy can give him defense with 10 minutes, that that type of thing. Sure. And, you know, I just happened to have gotten an interview with Steve Kerr on Monday, and he, he directly he cited, great. you know, Brad Stevens as the guy he steals from. So, uh, that you know, that heady stuff there. So that, that's there's no more proof that they all do. And, yeah, and there's no question that Brad Stevens is the guy that they, a lot of those coaches look to. So, Sure. Well, I think that there's certainly a lot of possibilities. I, I, I just want a good final, a conference finals. I think we 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 deserve one at this point. Yeah. God, God forbid we had some competitiveness, huh? Yeah. So, well, let's talk about um, the last really, really quickly. Butler to the Wolves. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, they get rid of Zach Levine. Um, they bring back everybody else as far as you know, right. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad signed. So, like, they kind of are gonna go at it again in this crowded West. Do they make the playoffs? I think they make the playoffs. I think they get the eighth spot in the playoffs. I mean, that's a that's a really big jump from last year. If they end up if they end up making the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, there's there's too much talent on the team not to make the playoffs, and that's a phrase that could come back and bite and, and could bite me. But it's not a matter of that they added a player like Jimmy Butler. It's that the that they added Jimmy Butler and his familiarity with with Tom Thibodeau. So it's Wait. not someone who who needs to get adjusted to. Tibbs, just like the rest of this team, had to get adjusted to him last year. True. And, and it, it certainly is not, there was no shortage of talent there. They did finish 10 games behind the A spot. And that's 10-game mm-hmm. improvement at least. Because I still, again, I think that the West is now loaded again. It might be – you might need to win more than 41 to get that A spot. So let's just, let's just call it 10-game improvement. That's a, that's a pretty big uh, thing to do year, year to year. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But it's something like that – Seems to happen frequently that there is there is a team that makes somewhat of a jump. Um, so then you start to think, all right, well, who won't make the playoffs? Okay, right. so the top candidates to who who wouldn't make the playoffs for them to get in, I would look at Memphis. I would look at Memphis first as the team that that wouldn't make the playoffs, and and then that's where Minnesota would fit in, or maybe or maybe it's Portland. Right. And then, yeah. and then you end up with De- then you end up with Denver in there too, and right. maybe you know if if Utah can't score more than eighty points a night, then then maybe then maybe it's Utah. Uh, but there's always there are, there are all there's always a team or two in every in each conference every year that drops out. There's it's very very rare where you see the same teams where you see the same teams making the playoffs. Uh, I, although I feel like if you look at it in the West, only one or so at a time, right? Right? There's never more than one team from year to year that drops out, right? That, am I crazy? No, but there's but there's always one. There's always one. All right, so fair can, enough. So, so, so it can't so it can't it can't be it can't be the same team. Okay, fair enough. All right, so there's someone's got a bullseye in their back. We'll have to find out. And uh, uh, thank you so much, Noah, for coming on and uh, breaking this stuff down with us. This is great. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I can't wait for the season to start. Yeah, isn't doesn't it start tonight? <laughs> I feel like it starts. I feel like it's already started, but I but I also can't wait just to actually watch basketball. Nick, keep up the great work. I really appreciate everything you do. Hey, I appreciate it, Noah, and check everybody out. Check him out. Check out his new the follow up podcast and everything else on uh, NBA Series XM channel. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You win? Are you in, Noah? I'm in. <laughs>